Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're a female professional or entrepreneur who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, Certified Life and Weight Coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi, everyone. I want to wish you a very warm welcome to episode number 35. And I'm sending you the warmest of Easter wishes if you're listening to this podcast episode the weekend of its release. Whether you are working or at home, or maybe for some of you meeting outdoors with friends and family for the first time in many months, I just hope you have a really lovely time. After Christmas, Easter is probably one of the most indulgent times of year for many of us. And I am, of course, referring to food indulgences, whether you are a chocolate person and will have Easter eggs featuring this weekend or hot cross buns or a picnic or a traditional roast meal. I encourage you to really focus on what you want and to create that for yourself. Today, I'm going to talk through 10 ways for you to help yourself get what you want from special occasions. Now, this will be useful for you over the next few days of Easter, but also more importantly, you can use these 10 tips to help you with any special occasion, from a dinner party with friends to a celebratory afternoon tea to a holiday or a weekend away. First, I just want to say a few things about what's important about having or getting what we want. The reason we want whatever it is that we want is because of how we think the having or not having of whatever it is will enable us to feel. We want the cake because we want to experience the pleasure of the taste. We want the number on the scales to go down because we want the feelings of maybe pride or relief or confidence, whatever it is that you make that number on the scale mean. Also remember that different parts of our brain want different things. Our higher human brain can think about what will create positive emotion for us in the long term, whether that's a healthy body, being able to find clothes that fit us nicely when we go shopping, all of those things. Whereas our lower primal brain can only think about what will give you positive emotion in the moment. It can't think about anything beyond that immediate time frame. So here are the 10 things I encourage you to think about when you're evaluating how you want to eat during special occasions. Feel free to pick and choose or try the ones that you think would be most useful for you or that you think you are most interested in. Okay, so tip number one is asking and answering the what do you want question for yourself. Sticking with Easter for the moment, ask yourself, what do you want from the next few days? And I want you to both think of this question in relation to food and in relation to everything else. Is it the chocolate, the hot cross buns, the roast lamb meal, or the glass of wine? Is it enjoying the weekend without eating certain foods and feeling proud when you stand on the scales Monday morning? Is it all about shared moments with family and friends? Once you've got a rough idea, Dig deep and be curious about why you came up with the things that you did. Why are they important to you? Be curious about the foods that you want. Do you want them because of how they taste? Or are you telling yourself something about the food has another meaning for you? Are you connecting food with love or connection or tradition? We know that food is often far more about pleasure and comfort than it is fuel and nourishment. But often it's about even more than that. Often we associate it with happy memories or giving love to others. 
The more you understand why you want to eat what you want to eat, the clearer you can be on whether you like your reasons and whether they're ones you want to hold on to or update. For example, if you want to have hot crust buns because it's traditional, really explore what positive emotion it's creating for you. It might be connecting you to a childhood memory. And if that's the case, maybe you can be curious about creating the same feeling from something else if you don't want to eat the hot crust buns. Remember, this is all about you consciously deciding what you want with your higher human brain. That is going to be the full impact of what you choose. So yes, also think about how you want to feel in your body and what the likely impact will be on the scales next week. And don't tell yourself you want something, but you can't have it. You're a grown human adult. You get to choose. Yes, eating all the chocolate may mean forfeiting a loss on the scales and you get to decide what you want more. No right or wrong, no should and shouldn't about it, just purely and simply what you truly want. If you're feeling conflicted in answering this question for yourself because you want the chocolate and other foods that are going to slow your weight loss, then I really encourage you to think about the future version of you. If you had lost all of your weight and the relationship with food that you want and you were comfortable knowing that you could retain your weight for life, would you choose to eat the chocolate because of a little gain on the scales is no big deal and you can totally drop it again if you want to? Or would you choose to not have the chocolate because you no longer want to get pleasure from food or because you know that you can have chocolate anytime you want to and you don't have to eat it just because it's Easter? Really step into that future version of yourself, decide how she would be thinking and then start showing up as her today. You can spend this Easter weekend being exactly that person whether that is both enjoying the chocolate or deciding that actually it doesn't give you that much pleasure. There's no right or wrong. Okay, how would you be that future version of yourself and just do that? Okay, tip number two, I want you to ask yourself, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid that if you start eating chocolate, you'll get the taste for sweet foods again and it will trigger cravings? Or are you afraid that if the number on the scales goes up, you will fall into a negative spiral of self-doubt about your weight loss capabilities? Are you afraid that if you don't have the hot crust buns, you will be missing out? Are you afraid that friends or family members will quiz you on why you are or aren't eating certain things and that you'll feel uncomfortable? The reason I want you to uncover these is because I want you to see the thinking creating that fear and not avoid it. Instead, I want you to talk back to it. For example, you're going to want to be able to eat any food without being fearful of it triggering some overeating. And so you're going to want to tell yourself, if I start to crave more chocolate after having a little, then I will figure out how to deal with it. I'll look at what's going on for me. I'll look at what I'm thinking and I'll learn from it. And then next time I'll have more information with which to help myself for my next special occasion. So don't be afraid of what's going to happen. Ensure that you know that you have the tools and you're learning and you're going to find a way of figuring it out. Have that faith in yourself. Tip number three is to plan. There is so much value in planning. Sitting down with pen and paper, you are always going to have thoughts pop into your head that will help you overcome challenges and obstacles ahead of time. But don't just focus on the food plan. Focus on planning for all the things that are going to create or give you everything that you want. When you asked yourself that question earlier, if you want family connection and tradition, what non-food ways can you think of to help create that for you? And don't just plan for the things that you will be doing or not doing, having or not having. Also plan for how you want to remember to think and how you want to remember to feel. Do you want to feel capable of eating 
that the future of you has the relationship with food that you want. Easy, just plan the thoughts that create that feeling of capable. It may simply be something like, I can do this. I know what I do and don't want. I can enjoy a small piece of dessert and not eat the rest. Okay, tip number four is to identify the obstacles. So one of the things I find useful once I've planned is to just run through it in my mind visually. I imagine myself going about the day, eating and not eating whatever I've got on my plan, and this enables me to do a reality check. It enables me to identify some obstacles in advance. Observe yourself going about the day and see what you're thinking and feeling as you find yourself enjoying whatever it is that you want to enjoy without overeating. Notice what challenges come up and how you handle them. Be curious about how you can make things easier for yourself. Remember that overcoming obstacles is often less about changing the circumstances and more about shifting your mindset. Say, for example, that if you will find it more difficult to not have more than the one drink you planned, if you're thinking that your friends decide to get bottles of wine instead of individual glasses, then you can, of course, either change the circumstances. So this might be you deciding that you're going to drive so that not having a drink or a second drink is something that you even have to wrestle with in your mind. Or you can decide what you want to think on purpose. And maybe that is that the first glass of wine is the best and the most enjoyable. And after that, drinking from a wine glass filled with water will feel just the same. You can even practice believing that or considering all the ways it could be truth for you if it doesn't feel true for you in the first place. So tip number five is to stay food and in the moment conscious. It can be very easy when we socialize with friends or sit down to a special meal to sort of click out of awareness of what and how we're eating and what we're thinking about the food choices we're making. It's as if we switch off so that we can allow our primal brain to take over and allow us to eat whatever it is we want without thinking about it. Instead, I encourage you to be intentional about staying present. Be very mindful of what you're eating. Notice the smell, the appearance, and the texture of foods. Be curious about the ingredients the dishes contain. When you're eating, put your fork down between mouthfuls and take the time to really chew and taste your food. You can do all of this while still engaging in conversation with your friends or family. You can even bring them into your food consciousness if you want to by talking to them about the food, asking them about what they use to make the sauce if you're eating, if it's something that somebody else has made, for example. Tip number six is about what to do if you overindulge. First, I want you to not mean anything negative about yourself. If you fail to eat what you plan to eat, then I want you to be comfortable that failing on this journey to creating the food relationship that you want isn't a bad thing. Failing is very often the only way that you get data to learn more about yourself and adjust. Failure done right is a very positive and useful thing. So what does failing done right look like? It looks like you continuing to stay conscious during and after your failure. The easiest way to do this is to withhold all judgment from yourself and step into curiosity. Observe everything that you can about yourself. Be curious about whether your thinking has changed. How you felt before you ate differently to how you planned. And what you said to yourself that led to more unplanned eating. Write everything down. When you put it all on paper, it's easier to make it more neutral if you have a tendency to feel bad about it. Also write down if it negatively impacted how you physically felt. This might even be the next day. If I have a meal that is very rich or too heavy or high in added sugars and refined carbohydrates, I feel ropey the next day. I think of it as a food hangover. 
the more I remind myself of what that feels like, the more I stay conscious with it at the time. The easier it is to then remember why it is I want to choose not to eat pizza, for example, the next time. It's important the analysis and learning of any overindulgences are approached pragmatically and come from a place of self-love. As I said, do remember to check in and ask yourself, what will I do differently next time? Tip number seven is not to shy away from the scales. If I had a period of overindulgence, maybe a weekend away and found myself eating unplanned foods all weekend, I would want to avoid getting on the scales when I got back home. And I would want to have a few days of planned eating under my belt before I got back on. I was trying to save myself the emotional discomfort of seeing those numbers higher than I wanted them to be. And I know that lots of you feel the same way and I get it. But I really encourage you to lean into the mental work of it being okay, even if the numbers on the scale go up. It's funny that we allow the number to have such an impact on how we think and feel about ourselves if we see it. Because of course, whether you weigh yourself or not, you're still the weight that you are. So this for some of you will take lots of practice before you see the number on the scale as something that is neutral and not something that means anything about you. So again, stay conscious and aware of your thoughts about getting on the scales. Decide ahead of time what you will think and feel if the numbers go up, stay the same or come down. Think of getting on the scales as being a scientific experiment in two ways. The first is in the way that you are seeing the results of your eating immediately after the special occasion as you revert back to eating how you want to be eating so that you can get an idea of how your body responds to those foods that you overindulged in and how quickly it reverts to you being back on track to sort of use old diet speak language. Notice whether your body quickly ditches what may be just excess water or whether it takes a little bit longer. Both are absolutely fine. It's just good to know and understand what your body does so that next time if you have a weekend of overeating and you see the numbers on the scales go up, you have confidence, you feel assured that after a few days you're going to be back, right back down to where you were. Doesn't need to be a problem. Okay, and then the second part of the experiment is to observe your management of your thoughts about the numbers on the scale and what they say and what you make them mean. If you're not in a place where you feel you can be indifferent to the numbers yet, that's okay. Just keep coming back to it and being curious about it. Give yourself time. Tip number eight is to make peace with everything. And that includes what you ate, how you felt afterwards and the number on the scales as quickly as possible. Being in self-judgment will keep you stuck and lead you to suffer more. There is no upside at all to this. So be vigilant of your language about how you've eaten. Do you notice words like naughty or hopeless or greedy or weak-willed keeping in? If that's what your brain is saying to you, then I want you to see those sentences in your mind but not listen to them. I want you to see them and not push them away so you can talk back to them. When you just push them away, you still feel them and they can start to create feelings of shame. When you allow them to come to the surface, you can let them float away or, as I said earlier, talk back to them. So, for example, if your default is telling yourself that you're never going to lose weight because you failed again, then I want you to remind yourself that, of course, your tendency is to eat the things that your brain thinks give you pleasure because that's what your brain was designed to do. And that's what it may have been doing for the previous, I don't know, however many years or decades that you have been operating in default mode. And that's okay. 
because you're now on a journey of figuring out and understanding your brain and body in these situations and learning what better strategies work for you. And if the strategy you thought would work this time didn't, then you get to tweak it next time. You want to remind yourself that nothing has gone wrong here. Tip number nine is to get right back on your planned intentional way of eating. Don't for a minute think, well, I've ruined the day if you ate breakfast differently to how you planned. Or even, I'll start next month if you've got back from holiday. Just go right back to it. And lastly, tip number 10 is to enjoy yourself. Enjoy all of it. I've given you lots of information here and I don't want you to be thinking that this is too much. I've got to do all of these things. I'm not doing it right. You get to decide which of these tips you want to experiment with and use at any given time. I don't want you to feel burdened by these suggestions. I want you to be curious and approach them in a way that feels like a bit of fun and a bucket load of self-love. They are not another stick to beat yourself with if you don't do it right. There is no right. Remember your brain likes learning and figuring things out when you make it fun. So become the scientist in the experiment that is you and as I said have fun with it. Okay so that's what I wanted to share with you today. I am really pleased to let you know that information about the enhancements to the Lose Weight Live Life membership and Mastermind which is my small group coaching program is now available and you can find out all of the details about these at www.thebestyou.coach forward slash membership and www.thebestcoach forward slash small group. The next small group coaching program will start in a few weeks so don't delay in checking out the information if you would like help applying everything that you hear about on this podcast to your life with a small group of like-minded women. Okay, take care and have an amazing weekend. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honoured to be your coach. There are two ways that you can work with me. You can join my monthly membership programme, My One Life Academy, that gives you self-paced learning, supported by twice-weekly live calls and a whole lot more. Or you can join the waiting list for my next six-month Lose Weight, Live Life group coaching mastermind intensive. Go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching to find out all the details.